At RBC Wealth Management, they believe financial security begins by building a plan you can trust. Their financial advisors provide advice customized to your needs. So no matter where you are in life, you can depend on their expertise to help build a wealth plan that's right for you. Let them build your plan today. Call the Quigley Group at the Eau Claire office of RBC Wealth Management at 715-858-7788 to see how they can help. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC, member NYSE FINRA SIPC. Hello, everyone. Talk of the Town is up and running in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, USA. I'm Scott Montesano, and this is where the Chippewa Valley comes to talk. Hey, hard to believe. Final edition of the program here in the month of July. I know the Eau Claire County Fair is going on. If I if I saw that correctly, they opened it up this week with donkey races. <laughs> donkey races at the county fair. Check out the county fair, though. We talked about it on Tuesday night. If if a more agricultural fair a throwback fair is what you are looking for. What fairs were back a hundred years ago is what you want. Then make sure you're supporting the Eau Claire County Fair because uh, if you don't support it, then they're going to have to consider, for lack of a better term, modernization of that fair. But uh, that that's that's a discussion we already had. On Tuesday, we got new stuff to get to, and of course, we got a plenty of new shows that have been dropping. Get on to Spotify and iHeart. Make sure you are subscribing to Eau Claire Hometown Media at either one of those spots. Easiest way to have these locally made podcasts come right to you. But if you are listening directly off of the website, nothing wrong with that whatsoever. You want the milk straight from the udder. We give it to you strong at Eau Claire Hometown Media. Uh, we got lots to get to today, as we always do. And that does include, uh, I've got to take exception with a local reporter at the Leader Telegram. We will do that later on. But I have to take exception to a report that came out in the Leader Telegram, uh, and it showed a sense of biasness that I think needs to be called out. Very important to do that. Uh, begin, though, with this, a, a fun story. Uh, we had talked about it a month ago, or maybe even just a few weeks ago, uh, that young lady from Chippewa who is very good at horseshoes. And it turns out she won the Women's World Horseshoe Championship last weekend. That is Sarah Chaffee. Sarah Chaffee won the Women's World Horseshoe Championship. She's only a sophomore at Chi High. Defeated women twice, three times her age. She had previously been a junior division champion. And this was her first year in the adult division. 
and uh, good for her. She registered ringers on nearly 87% of her throws. So when you are out at the barbecue this summer, and we still have another month or so of the summer barbecues, and somebody breaks out the horseshoe game, they're, they're not up for the, the, the new tiny coob or bags, but somebody wants to play real horseshoes, sit there and think as, as you're throwing it and a friend is throwing it, and just think, we have somebody right in our very area who is a world champion. So congratulations to her. As we had said a few weeks ago, this isn't like even other individual activities and sports like gymnastics or figure skating where there's mega money to be made because there isn't a big TV deal and, and big endorsements and stuff like that. But I bet there is some money out there for her. And it is something that if she pursues this, that she's not necessarily going to get the... She she she's not about to be there side by side with some of the most world famous athletes, money dripping off of her. But she could do pretty well. I'm 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 sure doing this. Plus, you know, she'd probably still have to get another job, like athletes used to, the old job in the off season. But I I bet you there's something out there for her with this. And if nothing else, hell of a skill she's got. So congratulations uh, to Sarah Chaffee and uh, the, the Women's World Horseshoe Championship. Over in the city of Altoona, they are seeking a new alderman. Tim Sexton is leaving the area. He is vacating District 5. So people that are interested in being on the Eau Claire City Council interested parties have until August the 27th to fill out applications at Altoona City Hall. If you're interested, fill out an application. There will not be a vote. Current aldermen will select the replacement and then that person will stay on through the end of the current term, which is uh, in the spring, in April. But if being in local government is something that intrigues you and you're in the city of Altoona, uh, this would be an opportunity to, to get involved. We've talked about it before. There have been other instances like this where, where people have resigned and it's basically a job interview to get onto the, uh, onto the days, onto the days. I like saying that. Whoever wins this this job, and I think that's a good way of putting it. Whoever wins the job, uh, they'll obviously have a, a leg up in any election in the spring. If if because uh, clearly you're going to have the name recognition, you're going to have been there for a little bit. It's almost like a uh, like a training period. You're going to get the seat nice and broken in again for you, and uh, if you win the election in April, it gets to truly be your spot. We'll see how that plays out over in the city of Altoona. I always picture it's, it, it's not how it goes, but I always picture that when they're doing these job interviews for getting onto a city council, 
and we've seen these play out right in our faces most of the time, but I always still have this image in my head of all of the counselors, all of the aldermen, all of the whoever's making the selections. They're on the really tall days, and you can't see their faces. It's only kind of black, and you just kind of see their eyes, and they're looking down at, at the person who is interviewing for the position. And they're, the person interviewing has crumpled up their papers in nervousness and looking up meekly. <laughs> I just have this, that, that image in my mind that it's a, it's a 1940s cartoon. <laughs> uh, speaking of city government, so we have what looks to be a pair of referendums coming our way in no in November, if you're in the city of Eau Claire. The Eau Claire School Board looks like they're going to go ahead with their referendum, which they had been talking about theirs long ago. And they're going to go with theirs in November because if it fails, they want to be able to come right back with another referendum in April. You could say, oh, you're, you're going in with a defeatist attitude. I say you're going in with a safety net. It's no different than, hey, there's no punishment for getting something done early. There's always one for procrastination. If you wait until April and you lose, well, then you got to wait till next year again. So they're going to go ahead and have theirs in November, though they still have kind of finalized the wording, which they're arguably should have had theirs done much sooner. The city of Eau Claire, meanwhile, put their referendum together in basically two months and they are going to have their referendum in november they finalized earlier this week the city council did exactly what the referendum will be they added another police officer and a firefighter paramedic to a list of jobs to be funded via the raised property taxes in the new referendum coming in November. Most of the referendum is going to be about adding more jobs across a variety of staffing positions across the city. Monies will go towards that to help to fund more positions. I'll give you my thoughts on that in a moment. In fact, I'll give it right now. Uh, this is not directly to fix the roads. Though they'll argue more people, we can then fix the roads. I, I'm going to give a little bit of the standard American line that everybody at one point says when it comes to the government. Doesn't matter what side you are on. And it's this, Do we? Re I, there is so much bureaucracy in the city of Eau Claire. If we have other jobs that are necessary, are there some jobs first that aren't as necessary? Do we need, uh, and I'm being facetious here, 300 people in the human relations department? Do we need as many people in the front office of the Parks Department, if we need more people, 
out mowing the lawns. We can't mow the lawns and do this and that because there's not enough people out doing it. Then do we need as many people that have a desk job? And it's harsh. I'm not trying to say people should lose their jobs. We're not trying to cut here. That's not the that's not what's going to happen anyway. But there is a bit of me that goes the people that are that are currently doing other jobs, do they we need that position? I'll put it this way. All right. If you've got a restaurant, let's use the restaurant analogy. All right, and you've got the people that are, you've got a bunch of you know, servers that are there. Things are busy. The servers are busy. All right, they're starting to get swamped right there. And you've got the manager of the restaurant. And if all the manager's going to do is just oversee everything, never once helps to bus a table, never once takes down an order, never once helps to run food in and out, What's the point of the manager? And you could say, well, they, they have to be there to oversee. Yes, but sometimes you got to step in and, and help. Right now, what we need is a server. What we need right now is somebody to help bust the table. What we need right now is somebody that is going to greet the guests. You've got to be a floater there. You have to be willing to do other things. And if you say, well, that's not my job, then we'll find somebody else who's willing to do it that way but again uh, city of Eau Claire has this new referendum coming out in November uh, the brass tax this is what everybody really wants to know I should have started off with this in fact just repeat this over and over again it's like when somebody turns tunes into a ball game they just want the score though no, they, they enjoy the story they want the score they want to know what's in the center. Stop stop giving stop talking about all of the stop building up the frosting around the outside of the cake. What's the cake taste like? Uh, this is what it is. Most property owners are going to be asked to add another $45 to $50 onto their taxes a year. Now that doesn't look like a lot when you're talking about, you know, hundreds and low thousands of dollars. But still, $45 to $50 is not insignificant in the least. The city will try to sell it to you, and I, and I, I agree with this. Hey, that's $50 over the course of 12 months. The old, you know, how many cups of coffee is that you can save? And you're, you're fine. The old cups of coffee analogy. Of course, if you're like me, I've got a $10 coffee deal to a place. Pay ten dollars a month, never, you know, I, you know. But I and I drink coffee every day. But alas, forty-five to fifty dollars out of their taxes. City manager Stephanie Hirsch had proposed a smaller referendum, about forty dollars per property. But the councilors have been hearing about strained levels, so wanted to make sure that they're covering more staff positions and, in fact added again another police officer and another firefighter paramedic to the list of jobs to be funded via the raised property taxes. So get ready to hear a lot about this referendum coming up in November from the city.
and get ready to hear the one from the school district. And I'm going to tell you, that's going to dominate probably a lot of the talk of the town in October and going into November. It'll, it'll be fun to hear the debates. It'll be fun to hear both sides of it once the public really begins to have their thoughts uh, bleed in starting in the fall. Nobody's thinking of the referendum right now in July and early August, but we get to September and October and more people start to chit-chat about that as they're standing along the fence at their, their kids' youth games or you bring it up at the office or things like that. It truly becomes a talk of the town. People have their opinions. The only thing I tell everybody, though, when it comes to these is do not your default, and rightfully so, is going to be, oh, here we go, we got to spend more money. And that's rightfully so, and throw out some, some old tired cliches if you want. I'm not automatically saying vote yes on these things. I'm just saying do not stay locked into what your default is, which is probably to vote no. Uh, Country Jam did get its approval for the the town of Wheaton spot, hope they work with the neighbors. I think they will. We've talked about it before. There was no controversy that they weren't going, that they weren't going to get approval. They were going to get approval. Uh, but things that the neighbors want, road improvements, walls, things like that. I hope people have an open mind in both the government and with Country Jam and the neighbors themselves. And they work together to make sure it's a very good relationship across all sides there. The neighbors are having so, are having something new come into that area that is not more houses. It's not more houses. So they deserve to have some compromises made over time. You know what this is like? You you had an air you had an area you you had a a restaurant and you had your chef, and it was a seafood restaurant, and the manager has said, you know what, we're going to add to the to the, you know it's a seafood restaurant, but I'm telling you right now we're going to add some burgers to the menu. What? I don't want burgers. No, no, we're going to add some burgers to the menu. But you, the chef, you can put some flair to the burger. On that. Same thing here. You had a, an area that was rural, residential, and now you're going to bring in a music festival. Just make sure you're always hearing the neighbors out the next few years, and it should go well. Uh, Country, Country Jam agreed to limit outdoor concerts to 20 total nights. That's the, the thing right now. And then finally today, I wanted to go here. So as we all know, Dan Markon of Markon Shooting does a podcast, a very popular podcast that has its flagship here at Eau Claire Hometown Media. Drops a podcast nearly every Monday for the last 10 months. And Dan Markon goes on and talks openly about a number of things, gives his opinion, 
it is, as the name is, unleashed. He goes out and talks. There's no profanity in there. He does not, this is not wild right-wing talk radio that he gives. Now, he leans into some more, uh, he leans into some things that are not as commonly thought, but he questions a lot of things that come out there. It is not, I would say, this is definitely not info wars. what he is doing, and how he does it is very measured and respected, and as somebody who probably does not agree with 75% of the things that he says, I damn well respect the way that he goes about and says it on his program. Well, he's also running for Chippewa County Sheriff. That's known too if you're you're following the Chippewa County Sheriff's race and if you listen to his program, he's running for Chippewa County Sheriff. Well, we all know Dan Marcon owns Marcon shooting. He was also, by the way, in the news in June when he was on that hit list that that guy had, the guy who killed the judge in the southern part of the state, and Dan Marcon was on the hit list because the, the guy was upset at some people like Dan Marcon thinking that they weren't true Republicans, an, an odd sort of thing there, because Dan Marcon had gone against Ron Johnson on a couple of things. Well, regardless, Chris Vetter is also a very long-time respected reporter at the Eau Claire Leader-Telegram. I enjoy reading his articles. He, he usually uh, produces some very good content that we are able to use here on this program. Not only are we able to use here, but it serves as agenda setting for conversations you have. And you may not even know it, the stuff that he writes. Well, he wrote an article covering the Chippewa County Sheriff's race, Dan and his competition. And while Chris Vetter doesn't say things that are against Dan Markon's beliefs and what we know he stands for, he words it in a way that is very condescending. Chris Vetter wrote a very condescending piece that was very biased against Dan Markon. As a media member, terrible job by Chris Vetter. As a, as a former newspaper person myself, terrible job by Chris Vetter, who is usually very good as a nuts and bolts reporter. All the things he writes in that article, all the things he says... Dan has stated on his show, he doesn't make anything up, Chris Vetter, does not make things up in his article. And that's usually what every reporter will always stand. I didn't make anything, I didn't make anything up. But a lot of the things he brought up aren't associated with the sheriff's race at all, outside of the fact Dan Markon has talked about wanting to look into what's going in, going on at hospitals in terms of COVID. That he as a sheriff would look into what's going on locally with hospitals with COVID. Other than that, some of the other things that he has said on his program have nothing to do with the sheriff's race. 
And they are clearly brought out in a way to make Dan Markon look like he's a right-wing nut. Ridiculous. Terrible job by Chris Vetter. He brought things out there. He, he, he talks about things as being controversial and being debunked and all these things. And you, Chris Vetter brought things out there to make Dan Margon look bad. And he'll say, well, he said them. That's true, Chris. But you also know, you also know the reason why you brought them out there. You can't bullshit a bullshitter. Scott Montesano is a grade A bullshitter. And I think if you take a step back, you wrote things in that article that even if you, when you were writing them, did not consciously think about it, definitely subconsciously, you thought about, oh, this is Dan Markon. He's our area's version of a, of a Diet Coke, of a, he's our, he's our Diet Coke version of somebody that would go on InfoWars. All right. He's an old, he's an old duels version, a non-alcoholic version. Of somebody that would go on InfoWars. No, that's not the case at all. Chris Vetter brought up things that didn't have to be brought up in a sheriff's article. Some of you will say, well, yes, I'm voting. I want to know everything that's going on. Well, I would come back and say this the way Chris Vetter wrote that article, wrote the article. And the way and reason he brought certain things up, then he has to go to his competitor, to the other guy, this uh, this Hakes character, and he's got to dig up some of the things that guy's ever done. I'm sure that guy's got something on his Facebook page that he has said. I'm sure that that guy is is, is right. I think he's a single father. Are you gonna are you gonna harp on the fact that? Uh, yeah, you know, how do you have the kid? Was it a kid out of wedlock? Was it? Uh, you know, is he divorced? Uh, stuff like that. You know, are you gonna bring up things from that guy's personal past? Which, by the way, those two have nothing to do with the sheriff's race. It comes down to this, though, with Dan Markon, and I'll be, and I can say this because I was that way too. I think media people are scared of Dan. Dan is a big guy, muscular guy, looks like he'd make a great tight end on a football team, and he owns a lot of guns. And I think media people are scared of Dan. In reality, he is a big teddy bear. All right? What I have learned over the last several months, he's a big teddy bear. Now, again, I don't own a gun, have no interest in owning a gun. And I don't agree with 75% of what Dan says. But damn it, I respect him, and he'll always have a spot on our platform. He'll always have a spot on our platform here. As long as he does not go out and say things that are too, too into the weeds, conspiracy-wise. And I've sat and I've listened to every one of his programs. It's not necessarily some things that I agree with, but it's also not nut job stuff. It's not 3 a.m. talk radio stuff. It's also not stuff you're, you know, he's, he's tame 
compared to some of the, the laughable stuff they're letting get on commercial radio nowadays. Some of the entertainment stuff that they pass off as news that some of these conservative radio hosts do, including a couple of whack jobs in the southern part of the state that are on conservative radio, commercial radio. So he'll always have a spot here. Remember, Dan's a business owner, too, in this area. A person that lives in this area, all right? Listen to his program if you're somebody that that thinks, don't look at what Dan Markon's program is and assume you already know what it's about. Listen to a few of his programs. Go back, listen to a few of his programs. I think you'd be surprised. I'm not saying you're going to agree with them, but that's also not a bad thing. You shouldn't just always listen to people you're going to agree with. And maybe you will agree with them. You know, we lost a business. One of our partners here at Eau Claire Hometown Media at the, uh, at the start of the year. They'd been with us for a full year. Uh, it was a Chippewa Falls business, prominent business in the car business. We lost a business, and I'm convinced that person left because of Dan. But that person didn't have the guts to say it. They instead insinuated to us they had enjoyed their time. There was no inclination. They weren't going to want to renew their, their package with us. But instead, when it came time to renew, they insinuated that they did not want to be associated with what we do anymore. Did not want to be associated with us. And this is a couple of months after Dan Markon had come on to our program, had come on to Eau Claire Hometown Media. And I don't think that Dose of Dog is what the person was talking about. I don't think Dose of Dog or Eau Claire is here, is what that person did not want to be associated with anymore. Oddly enough, Royal Credit Union, Northwestern Bank, the Menominee Chamber of Commerce in a few weeks, they, uh, they have no problem being associated with our overall brand. Oh, well. Uh, so Chris Vetter, usually a very good reporter. Uh, I read that article and I, it just looked like it was unnecessary jabs. It was, you know, you, you're, you're walking and talking with somebody and you elbow them in the stomach is what Chris Vetter did. That's what he did right there. Uh, he was walking and talking and he elbowed Dan Markon in the stomach. A lot of articles and stories about Dan Markon always tend to bring up stuff that isn't necessarily false, but there is no feel for it. I think that's the biggest thing there. There is no feel. Chris Vetter didn't have any feel with this article that he, that he wrote on Dan Markon. He did not need to bring up some of the things Dan Markon as said, and, and Chris Vetter may very well say, well, Dan told these to me in our article. He, he, I, he quoted me in these things. I quoted him. And I read the article, and I'm going to tell you one thing. One, 
doesn't actually look like it's direct quotes from Dan Marcon. Okay, it's things that, you know, Dan has said. I think it's some things Dan has said in public spaces. But what I'm, what I'm talking about here is that there's nothing that Chris Vetter didn't make anything up with what Dan Marcon has said. He didn't make anything up. But there's no feel in that article. It comes across as condescending, as judgy. That's the thing. It comes across as being judgy. Chris Vetter going, well, he's got these wrong opinions. That's the way the article reads. That's how I want to frame this thing at the end. That's what irritated me on this, is that Chris Vetter wrote his article, and he did not write it as a true arbiter. He didn't want... Chris Vetter did not write the article as a motionless, as a motionless and emotionless stack of, 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 of bricks. He wrote this article thinking of himself as a true baseball arbiter called Balls and Strikes. Called Balls and Strikes. Well, Dan Markon has said these things which are wrong. We will uh, be back on uh, Tuesday, uh, have a couple of shows beginning of next week, then we'll be off again uh, in the middle of August. Uh, that'll do it for today's edition of Talk of the Town. On behalf of everybody who made this podcast possible, I'm Scott Montesano saying there's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow shining at the end of every day. Make sure to take advantage of it. And until next time, so long, everybody.